0: What's going on guys, welcome back to the Space Explorer Podcast. On today's episode, Seth and I discuss iSpace sharing what went wrong with its lunar lander, Virgin Galactic completed its first space flight in over two years, Rocket Lab completes NASA's Tropics constellation, and the main topic and question of the day, will we ever see another SpaceX Falcon 9 failure? That and more, all here on episode 61. How's it going, Jared? Hey, what's going on, man? Back for another day. Hey, three in a row.
1: Three in a row. We're doing it. We're doing this thing. I mean, we're, we have yet to do it on a Tuesday. Uh, or do we do it Tuesday the first week? I don't remember. We've, yep. We're failing on the schedule part, but we're getting them out by Thursday. We're getting them out by Thursday. <laughs> as long yeah. as they are out there. But uh, yeah, welcome back to another episode of the Space Four Podcast. I'm sure Jared already said that in the intro that he's doing, but I'm going to say it again because uh, I can't. Uh, let's start into, right away into our first episodes because we're going to go fat. We're going to actually hit our time marks that we have set in our show notes that we've never hit before ever. Uh, but one day we will. Let's do it. So, uh, we're going to iSpace. If you remember, iSpace uh, had some news about a month ago about their lander. Uh, the Japanese based company, hoping to be the first private company to land on the moon, shared the reasoning why its lunar lander crashed on the lunar surface. The company confirmed the reason was due to a software glitch that determined the altitude readings... That determined the altitude readings it was getting from the spacecraft was not valid and relied on preloaded estimates. Uh, This meant that the spacecraft believed that the lunar surface, it was, uh, believed that it was actually on the lunar surface when actually it was at five kilometers above it. uh, Leading to the lander to hover until it ran out of fuel and crashed. I feel for them because I did a lot of work as a software engineer getting stuff from sensors um, and having to validate the sensors data because like this is the thing like there are two parts of like of like development spacecraft i i I mentioned this in an article there's hardware and there's software and they both have very complex and very uh like hard to like master things that have to go right for them to even work like hardware has to be light but it has to be rigid has to like has to survive launch but it can't be too heavy uh like it has to like there's so much also software has to be have
0: yeah, it's like the the Venn diagram
1: of it. yeah, like software needs to have fail-safes. It needs to have, um, needs to be able to you know determine yep. if there's a problem and then shut you know save the spacecraft before it, it runs into an issue. Uh, it needs to have as most it mm-hmm. needs to be extremely accurate, but rely on as little sensors as possible. It needs and it also needs to be doing all of this using as little CPU power and RAM as possible because you're not sending like uh, Intel Xeon or like chip out into space. You're using practically like. Not even Intel's like Pentium yet. I don't even think they're using those yet (laughs) in space. I think that's still too advanced and too large. I think they're even smaller. That's insane. So I mean, that'd be similar. I don't know. I don't know what the current like top grade, but I know they're not. They're not. They're not not like eight core, sixteen core CPUs. Uh, And also not throwing out there. Not not sending the M one. No. 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 One point five terabytes of RAM. (laughs) Uh, I think you'd be lucky to get eight. So uh, it's very very complex. Very very hard. And so when I was a software engineer. what you do when you get stuff from a sensor is that you have to validate it against something that you know is true um you can't just assume a sensor is right on the time technically the rule of software engineering in general is never assume anything is right <laughs> and assume everything is going to kill you uh and uh it's pretty much how software engineering works and so when you get a sensor in you have to validate it against you know what for me it was like you just had a set value like uh of like Values like hard coded into the into the software because we didn't really worry about you know storage uses because we're not in space, and then you just get a reading in. You go, like, is it does it match the same as this or is it similar enough? Cool, we're fine. Um, and then uh, for pretty much what iSpace did was they preloaded terrain data um, that they believed that they would exist, you know, for alt for where they would be in flight and what the altitudes should be. Mm-hmm. And then when they went over the uh, rim of the crater, yep, it like increase i can't remember. I, I i can't remember. some people i've read said it increased but i think the press release said it, de- it or sorry some people said it in- decreased but i think the press release said it increased by like three thousand like like a thousand meters or like a kilometer or something like it was like a big spike on altitude and uh it just discer- and it didn't match up with the predetermined um terrain data because they changed their landing spot they didn't get it tested enough before launching so it didn't match and so they just threw out the uh the altitude readings from the spacecraft. And so, pretty much, it just relied on wrong, you know, preloaded determined values and then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. crash. So, uh, sucks as a software engineer to like see, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that, that happens. And like testing, sometimes you don't get test enough and sometimes it just like breaks when you deploy it. And this is like the worst deployment yeah. break ever. It's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> when you find a bug and it, it like, yeah, and you, you
0: only get that one shot at it, right? So it's, it's, it's gotta be, yeah.
1: Right. Like, space is such a harder one for software engineers because you have like one shot. Like, you can't, you can't, like, I mean, you can do testing on the ground and the software is a lot. I think software, in my opinion, is probably a tad bit easier to test on the ground because it's just software. Um, but in this type of scenario, like, you kind of have to just rely on previous, like, Altitude readings and just hope they're correct and that they're precise Mm -hmm. enough. And obviously, they they didn't get the most precise altitude readings uh, to validate against.
0: Yeah, there's so many variables that you just can't control. Yeah,
1: there's so much you can't control, and also there's so much that it just hurts. It just hurts. All right. Next up with Virgin Galactic, not to be confused with Virgin Orbit, although you're not really going to be able to confuse them anymore. Correct. Because Virgin Orbit doesn't exist. Not for now. It exists in our hearts. It exists in our hearts. So, uh, for the first time since Virgin Galactic's Richard Branson, for, since the first time Richard Branson flew to beat Jeff, uh, or Blue Origin's Jeff Bezos to space, Virgin Galactic completed another trip to space. Uh, after two years of investigations by the FAA over a mishap during Branson's flight and refurbishment of both the company's VMS Eve uh, mothership aircraft and VSS Unity space plane, the company is finally ready to begin commercial operations. Did you? I actually I just said, did you watch it? But then I remember that they didn't, they didn't even have a live stream for it. <laughs> I did. You did. You watched it on on Twitter, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah.
0: I, I I mean, I watched the uh, I watched whatever. I guess it was probably the replay, yeah. but I do I do remember watching it.
1: Yeah, I was. We were all like a, a lot of us were a lot shocked that they didn't do a live stream because this is a this is the space tourism type product, and so like when you watch right. Blue Origin's live streams um it's pretty obvious these are very different than spacex live streams like spacex live streams are like because they like you can tell like they're doing these live streams because one they want to share everything with everyone like, they want they want to share the launch um sometimes it's required by nasa and then um they're just really enthusiastic and they want to share it like they just like they have fun doing it and they just want to do it um mm-hmm. and without sharing it like yep. they don't get the public love uh blue origin Similar,
0: right? I was gonna say, well, it's the free, it's the free marketing like skills that you know that Elon has had, yeah, that he's used through all the companies like Tesla, and it's just his is free publicity. Like, let's go ahead and put it out there. Obviously, it's not free, but it's it's free.
1: Yeah, it's just like it's just easy publicity to, to do. Free. Um, Blue Origin, you know, similar. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure a lot of people love doing it, and they want to sh- they want to show what they've been working on. Uh, but it's an advertisement. Like, it's it is tailored towards people right. who want to right. buy tickets on Blue Origin, uh, on New Shepard uh like yep the person yeah. who who runs it i'm pretty sure yeah it's more like watching a roller coaster yeah like the like the um everything's hyped up to the extreme like to the point where it's almost comical for some people to watch like it's kind of, like sometimes it is absolutely comical for me to watch it because it's like is it that like are you really like these astronauts and i'm like whatever like it's <laughs> like just just calm down like when they return like they're just they go over like excited and yeah. there's the champagne pop and like it's a lot of the stuff's over the top. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the person yeah. who runs it, I think it's their, like, chief of sales or something, like VP of sales. Like, uh, like, it's it's definitely done by, it's definitely more led by their sales department rather than the communications department um, to get that kind right, of stuff. Version like didn't do one, which is a little shocking because, like, you kind of want to show off your product. Like, you want to show it off. They have a lot of ticket sales because they'll, they'll have yep. plenty of opportunity to do it in the future. But, like kind of want to keep showing off that you're like, this is a thing you can do. And like, it's fun. Um, so it flew on, uh, it was all, it was six people. there two, two pilot, uh, pilot and a pilot, um, and then four Virgin Galactic employees. Uh, one of them was, uh, I always forget Mary Beth, or I think is what her name is. She's like their chief astronaut. Tra- I like, in charge of astronaut training. She's flown like three or four. It's like a third or fourth flight. Um, which is, I'm a little nice. jealous. Like that's kind of a cool job. <laughs> like wouldn't you want to just train astronauts to just keep flying the space yeah no kidding yeah. so uh
0: yeah no kidding yeah
1: yeah <laughs> uh i think there's like a few i think someone else uh, handles their government sales because the next flight that they're going is going to be the first commercial flight and it's going to be for the italian air force i believe um i don't think it's their space i don't think the italian space uh ages it. i think it's the italian air force um, who's doing like a research flight which is again like something that's Pretty unique to commercial spaceflight now. Like, instead of having to build your own way of doing it, mm-hmm. you, gov- governments can just purchase seats and go to space. That's what the um, UAE.
0: Yeah, just hop around. Yeah,
1: UAE and Saudi Arabia did that for the Axiom. And uh, so they both, well, we just had the return of Axiom 2 um, late last night, but they were both up in space at the same time through uh, on, the, on the space station through that type of program. So, yeah, like, we're. I remember when, did you watch Branson's flight? Two years ago?
0: I did, yep. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I remember having so bold on, commer- on like, low-Earth commercial spaceflight like, when that happened. It was like, Virgin Galactic's here, yeah, like, Blue Origin's here, like, it's going to be like, we're going to see these all the time. And it was kind of like, since then, time. kind of like, okay, now it's, it's gotten old. Like And it's not happening as fast as, as like, thought. Yeah, it kind of just disappeared. Yeah. Like, yep. Blue Origin's still done. Like, and they haven't launched in a while because they had that mishap, but, like, it's, uh... It's kind of like, kind of just like, okay, cool. This is going to be similar to like other space ventures where things move very slowly, and uh, it's not going to be as fast-paced and exciting.
0: Yeah, it just, and it just seems like I don't know. It's almost like I feel like it was like sort of where autonomous driving was, where it's like, oh yeah, this is the future. Every car is going to have it. It so, showed up, you know, like every company is going to be doing this space flight, yeah. right? And then they they sort of marketed it as like you can get from point A to point B. In the world, so much faster because you can go up and then come back down, mm-hmm. and you know, like all this uh, sort of sales material type stuff. And then, yeah, like you said, it just kind of like. Disappears. Then we all realize that like
1: the famous. autonomous driving features aren't the greatest. Like <laughs> it's like you you trust right. it enough to drive yourself, but you want to trust it enough to drive your kids. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, then you see then you see the Super Bowl commercial of a Tesla hitting a dummy.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, that was the whole thing. <laughs> That's the whole thing that's all, a whole oh my gosh if, if everyone from electric yeah. heard you saw talk even mention that you might you would get because that was a whole episode <laughs> of on the electric <laughs> podcast about that whole thing um mm. but uh yeah so i don't like i, I excited that uh, it's back so it took a while um they, they kind of like re-evaluated the the uh, com- uh the customer's um like experience which like makes sense. Like Richard Branson did that on his flight. That was like his whole thing was like he was experience. He was like evaluating the the consumer or the customer experience. Um, makes sense. You would have to do yeah. that again yep. after two years of not doing it. So you would need another kind of like test to like make sure that like the hospitality side thing is great sure. and like the operation side is great and like everything works. So
0: make make sure your your whiskey is served nice yeah make sure you like when Ryan i ask for it
1: singing. neat it comes neat it doesn't come with an ice cube like yeah that's right uh, but also like training right, and right. like suiting them like making sure like they get in like their spaces they like, get seated and secured properly i mean there's there's valid reasons but also, yeah. i just kind of laugh it's like when Richard, when branson was doing it so I'm like so is he like gonna order everything on the, <laughs> in the lounge like he's gonna get all the drinks and get all the food and like go through the buffet and like all that stuff is that what he's doing? Because that's yep. an awesome job. I would love it. I would test that once <laughs> a year. You need to audit, right? Yeah. Have Space support, audit your uh, hospitality. Uh, <laughs> we'll do it for yep. free. got to see if it's on point. <laughs> All right. Next up is we're, again, we talked about, talked about a lot of them last week, but Rocket Lab's back in the news. Rocket Lab lifted off from LC 1B at, at its private spaceport in New Zealand, carrying the final two CubeSats for NASA's. Ready for this? Time-resolved observations of precip- precipitation structure and storm intensity with a constellation of small sets. I don't know. It's tropics. <laughs> That's like one of the top. Lot of yeah. That's a lot that of, the top-tier it's acronym. It's a mouthful. <laughs> that is one of the, I think one of NASA's best acronyms ever. Uh, the agency has four of the original six cubesats in orbit, preparing to gather data ahead of this year's hurricane season. Uh, reminder: The first two traffic satellites were lost on an Astro rocket when it failed uh, after failure of its second stage. NASA then moved the remaining payloads to Rocket Lab. We talked about this before. Both, from, uh, both of us living in uh, Florida, you still living in Florida? Nice to have more data on mm-hmm. hurricanes, uh, and and maybe it'd be interesting to see. Because yes. I've, I've been an avid hurricane like watcher for like a while. Like I'm like a little bit of a weather geek, so like. Uh, I feel bad because now that I live in Florida, I know it's not a joke. But like when I was when I was growing up in Wisconsin, I would just be glued to the Weather Channel during hurricane season. Um, it was like playoffs for me. Um, <laughs> yep. So uh,
0: yeah, they. uh... The broadcast is pretty, it's pretty impressive with their, um with now, yeah. with their, like, AR. Overlay. Oh, like, nowadays, it's like a
1: whole thing. Play. Yeah. Na-
0: this, like, VR hurricane. Ever since, yeah. I don't
1: know when they got bought by IBM, but, like, when, I think it's whenever they got bought by IBM, it just started going just insane on their, on their, when I watched it, it was, like, yeah. more toned down. Like, they were all behind a desk, it was more like a new show. But, like, nowadays, I can't even watch it. Like, it's insane. Uh, But, yeah, like, I'll be interested to see, like watching the, the data like the models and see how much more accurate they are because like mm-hmm. we all know i mean at least both of us both of us know that like you kind of can't predict a storm until like it's like a couple of days out like you can try your best you might know if you're in yeah. the area yep. but like you don't know if you're evacuating or not until like a few days out so
0: yeah that's why those first like the first like five or six days it's like mm-hmm. When they show the path of the of the storm, it's like there's six different paths. Yeah. They could go Have you ever watched like because the, they're like one of these yeah. is, is going to be right. and it's
1: like even it's like so much more when you look at the uh, like the, the spaghetti model graphs where like they're just everywhere. There's always one. Yeah. There's always one yeah. that goes to New Orleans and there's always one that goes to like Texas and uh, it's like a, it's yeah. like a I feel like it's a joke every year. That there's one model that goes like this is going to hit New Orleans, um, but uh... right. It's, like, they're just everywhere. And so, hopefully, it will be interesting to see, like, if those, like, tighten up maybe a little bit better or if um, maybe, like, more, a couple more days out, like, you can start seeing, um, like, better cones. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, doubt, I doubt this year would be the difference. That would be a couple of years or maybe... Because I think this is more of a tech demo than, like, a natural, serious model, like, a serious constellation. I think it's, like, a really... they spent a lot of money and time on it, but, like, it's not really the... Um, uh, not really, like, the... They would probably build up, build up another constellation. That's like with like larger satellites to, uh, to do better in the future if this works out pretty well. Which I, if you've seen anything, recently in the past years, everything usually works out pretty well. So, all right.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: What time are we at right now? I don't Got know. Break. But it, it's break. Time. It is break time though. We do do a break every time. Yeah, it's
0: break time. It? So, we we'll be right back. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll jump into the main topic.
1: Alright, and into my main topic for today's episode. I would say this evening, but we're not on late news. We're not like a primetime news show, and it's also uh, 10.30 a.m. for me. So, last night, SpaceX launched its 200th consecutive mission. Uh, oh, hold on. Sorry. Let me read this. SpaceX uh, tonight, because I wrote this as of recording Tuesday, but now it's Wednesday. Le- <laughs> SpaceX last night uh, launched its 37th rocket of the year. And uh, it was successful. It was its 200th consecutive mission uh, of the Falcon 9 rocket. Uh, this doubled the second highest. This doubled the second highest. Record. I had to think about it for a second. like, what am I reading? This doubled the second highest record, uh, which is shared by Russia's Soyuz U rocket and the retired Delta II rocket. Actually, I think the Soyuz U is also retired, but it's just a version of the Soyuz. Uh, the uh, previous failed flight of SpaceX was Amos 6, if you remember that, back in 2016, which exploded on the pad during mm-hmm. fueling ahead of a static fire. Um, so yeah, the SpaceX now has launched 200 consecutive Falcon 9s, not including the Falcon heavies. Um, so it's not like it's more like 20 What we had five Falcon heavies so far. It's like 205 pretty much if you include. If you include, technically, if you want to include yep. each Falcon heavy as three Falcon 9 launches, it's like. Well, that's 15, it's so like 215, like <laughs> know, 215 missions pretty much. Right. Um, but yeah, no, so 200 Falcon 9 launches in a row. Uh, the question today is, will we ever see another SpaceX Falcon 9 failure? What's your, what's, what do you got to an answer for that one?
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, like if anything happens, like we... Like, yeah, it's gonna, I mean, it's fails. gonna
0: happen, man. Yeah, it, it's gonna happen. It's still, uh, I mean, that's... It's the, um, you know, it's the same thing about like car crashes, right? Mm-hmm. The more, the more, the more you, you drive, the, the more likely it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I, it doesn't matter how long you, you've gone without a crash, but yeah. yeah, at some point. Yeah. I mean, this just from the nature of, of what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, even though they've got it down to an exact science. So yeah, it's just crazy. It seems like, um, you know, back in the day, the smallest weather, mm-hmm. uh, change would would sort of throw them off their track and now you know that's that's not even doing it anymore so we used to have memes um, it's definitely down to an exact science but
1: we had memes dude we What's had that? memes for weather like we had we have the upper level wind oh Twitter yeah counts. like <laughs> it, and i know, like, yeah, no like yeah, no longer yeah. i don't see that being used ever <laughs> because we don't have upper level wind constraints
0: right. exactly yeah they're yeah so it's it's definitely an exact science but again like it's still human made you yeah. know so there's always the human error part of it <laughs> It's mechanical, um, you know. It's their software that's always running. You know, there's there's things out of their out of their um, out of their force. There's you know that whatever f- small amount of variables mm-hmm. that they can't control. So yeah, at some point it's gonna happen, dude. It's gonna. happen, I'm, but you know, I mean, they're on a pretty good streak right yeah, now. Yeah, right? I'm. On I'm a little deal.
1: more surprised. I didn't. I should have looked up the number of what how many in a row we have. But how many of the? Um, it's been at least two years it's a, or a year and a half at least. No, nah, no, nah, it was 2021, I think, was the last time we had a landing failure um, on a drone ship. So like, right. But so SpaceX also learned like when it can and can't land, like it kind of knows it ahead of time, like that this mission just won't won't succeed um, in a landing. So they kind of mm-hmm. those missions just don't get a landing. A lot of times those like those are the center cores of Falcon heavies um, or more intensive Falcon nine flights into orbit, heavier payloads and to more difficult orbits. So they've yep. just, they just toss them now. Uh, which doesn't happen, hasn't happened that much, but um, I they just, remember uh, Elon saying that that was like a, has a lower success, like success rate, just does, it's just like landing on a barge in the middle of the ocean, the landing. yeah, it's just yeah. like, it's just, there's a lot more difference, it's, so it's so hard that you're gonna, we're, we've added in like failures, and uh, I think.
0: Well, if... <laughs> I mean, if you just think about just do the basic the the basic um, concept, mm-hmm. right? If you're shooting, you're going up into space, right? You're sort of your target is like this massive area, yeah. Right? You've got this the open sky, right? There's no real target. Where I mean, there is a target, obviously, but there's no. I mean, it's the the margin for error to hit that target is so much bigger, right? yeah. Where, where you're coming back down, I mean, you're literally landing on a grain of sand, yeah. <laughs> like you're, of up ocean, a,
1: you're not even like, not even that. Like a,
0: the target is so small, not even yeah. a pixel, like on like any camera.
1: Um, so like it's just exactly, it's just extensively exactly. harder to do and like more chance of failure. But we haven't seen one in a while, uh, which is impressive, like very very impressive. Right. right. Uh, I mean, 200 yeah. launches in a row is also really yeah. really well, impressive. Well, like you
0: said, I think I think the reason, well, and going back to like you were saying the landing, yeah, the reason why is because yeah, they're not they're like well, mm-hmm. you know, if we take a chance and try to land it, you know, in this climate or or this condition, yeah. we know it's probably more than likely to fail. So we may as well just lose the booster anyway, and, and and launch the payload because that's, you know, the more that's the more important part of, of getting you know what we need to get up into orbit. So. Another
1: thing that that I think has limited their failure rate compared to like other rockets that were launched like two hundred times is that you're not you're not I mean you're launching a brand new second stage every time, um, but you're not launching a brand new first stage every time. So like you're you're flying those flight proven boosters that like right. A lot of times failures happen where it's just there's an issue with manufacturing. Like something got put in wrong, something didn't get checked right, and uh, so when it's a brand new rocket and it launches, it fails. Uh, when you've already launched that rocket, you've already tested yep. it to like the maximum you can test it um, to prove that it's you know capable, and so you're not going to get like a first stage mm-hmm. failure. Mm-hmm. And as long as they, I think they're, I, I think fourteen or fifteen, I think is the highest number right now. Like, I think. Where we'll start seeing failures, if we see a failure, is definitely going to be probably on a Starlink mission, and it's definitely going to be, like, in, like, one of those high-numbered flights, like, when they're, like, pushing it to a new milestone. Um, Just because Elon said that, (laughs) like, at this point, we're just going to keep flying them until we see something fail. Uh, And maybe it's a failure that we'll see, and maybe it's a failure that we won't see. Um, Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, like, engine-like, like, a, um, like an engine pop-out, like, because, like, they have nine engines, so it's designed to, like, lose an engine, I think, and still be on the make of the orbit. And I think that's, that'd be interesting to see if you start seeing those more than, like, we probably want, rather than a structural failure, because those engines, I think, fly more than the boosters. Like, I think there's less engines than boosters. Um, sure. So, not, less engines for boosters. I, I, I think that's what I've heard, um, is that that's, a, that's true. And, um, so, like, there's some of those, there's some of those uh, engines that have flown, have been flying for a while now. Uh, and just, well, you know, one just to cut out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course not because that's a human-rated, because if that happens, it'd be interesting to see what, what happens, um, with NASA because it's a human-rated spaceflight, you know, rocket. Uh, and so NASA would have to be involved with, of course, any sort of investigation and whether or not they would ground the rocket. For anything like like an engine cutout, like if an engine cut out early, I mm-hmm. wonder if that would be enough. If it's on like a high flight numbered engine, a higher flight number booster, I wonder if NASA would be like, or the FAA would be like, okay, like don't don't launch your your high number boosters for a bit then until we figure it out. But you can launch your lower number boosters still. Like I wonder if that right. might, that would be interesting to see right. if that happens, um, just because it's. I mean, we're just it's just this is something that well, we've I never seen before.
0: Yeah, and I imagine they put their best foot forward, material wise. Oh, yeah. Um, between the boosters and the engine for for the human flights, mm-hmm. right? Like that's obviously yeah. the safest. That, they got to be the safest route there, you know, like.
1: Yeah, the boosters that get selected for human space flight go under so much scrutiny, um, and they're chosen right. much much longer and much much further advanced than like a normal commercial flight would be, and that is like. I remember hearing that, like, when NASA chooses, like, a NASA mission, doesn't matter if it's a crewed spaceflight or or an uncrewed spaceflight for NASA, like, they choose a booster, like, a while out, and that is their booster, and they baby that booster, like, it's, like, it's their favorite child uh, until it Mm -hmm. launches. So, like, they they take a lot of care into those missions that, like, especially fly, that fly any very, very important payload, like, for NASA or humans, they they try, those are really, really important. Really, really important. Although, I remember, like, I remember before... Um, Inspiration Four. I think they went and saw their booster launch before it, they launched. And I think it was only like maybe like it was maybe six months ahead of time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that is interesting. That was kind of that was kind of cool to see that they went to go see their booster launch. <laughs> so, yeah, which is something they, yeah. uh, only SpaceX can do. So, yeah, two hundred launch or so. That's impressive, and I, it, it would be. I wonder that's, yeah. how high it's going to get before we start seeing any issues, and it's 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 a matter of when rather than not if, because I think we, like we both said you can't control everything. Eventually things are going to fail, especially if you find you boosters yeah. for a very very long. You know, eventually something is going to break. So it'd be interesting to see what breaks, yep. and when it breaks. Yep, that's that's no estimates I think on when that could happen because it. I think the number was like ten right. and we will start seeing right. failures, and that looks like it's fine so saying like 20 would be like there's nothing to prove that 20 would be a limit 50 who knows i don't know like mm-hmm. maybe we'll be maybe we will be flying this boosters for like five six hundred times or like we'll be seeing 500 or 600 launches before like we see something wrong who knows who knows who knows thank you everyone for watching <laughs> this Fazle Sport podcast if you are uh, <laughs> watching us on youtube thank you so much uh make sure that you uh uh, leave a like subscribe and comment because I go through those we got like 11 comments on our first episode back so I went through and I, I replied to a bunch of those um, so yeah make sure you do that because uh, we always love seeing your comments and uh, if you're listening to us on a podcast app make sure you leave us a rating because podcasts are crazy you get to be re- uh, to be shown to people you need reviews and to get reviews you need to be shown to people Yep. so yeah <laughs> So, uh, if you, uh, if you are listening to us, uh, please do listen to you. And we need four stars. We're not asking for five. We're not asking for five. Four friends. Four times. Um, yeah. We're not asking for all. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Everyone else, thank you so much for listening. And if you, uh, you can find us, of course, on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, um, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Um, actually, you might have an issue with Spotify. You might actually not be on Spotify right now, but... That is being fixed. It's not It's not an us thing. It's a network thing. We might have been removed from Spotify yeah. next. Yep. Um, but uh, we're working on getting that fixed. Uh, but you can also find us at spaceport.com and you can follow along for your news on the spaceflight industry. Lastly, we have a Discord. Go so join the Discord. And in the, uh, it's, it's a place for me to hang out and find, hopefully find people
0: talking to Talk. To you talk. Uh, if you want, talk, talk to, to, to yourself. Me. <laughs> yeah, I talk to
1: myself pretty much. Yeah, I posted something about like I read, I finished the Elon Musk book, like the original and uh, uh, Ashley Vance Elon Musk book. Finally, after like five, six years of it being out, uh, and I like made a post on mm-hmm. it, and no one commented. It's just me. It's just I. Sometimes I even like him posts, um, so <laughs> I don't like my post So have a good one. Uh, we'll
0: see you guys all next week.